Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woo-hoo! Thank you very much, everybody. I'm Cam Stewart. This is welcome to the Weekend Fantasy Update. Betting DFS, a whole lot of stuff going on. I'm here with uh, Mr. Entertainment, the hardest working man in business, next to Gabe Morenci. General George Kurtz. What's up, Kurtz? Oh, I've been promoted. I was a colonel yesterday. I'm general today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. When you do the, when you do the, when you do the eight to two, you're the general. <laughs> no, no, not colonel, the general. How you doing, Kurtz? I'm doing good, good. Very uh, always, always happy to be doing a show with you here, Cam. We'll talk a little, uh, talk a little baseball, a little football. If only there was something in football to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fi- finally, it happened. Uh, you heard the promo there, Antonio Brown. It looked like he was going to go to the Bills eventually. We talked uh, for the last couple times. We talked maybe Tennessee, Washington, what team was going to do it. But, George, our, our favorite actually came in the chalk. That's the Oakland Raiders. And uh, I got to believe, yeah, out of all the teams left, they were probably out of, out of one or two teams. They were going to be that team. They have draft picks. And they didn't really give up a lot for them. When you think about a third and a fifth, it's worth uh, taking a shot on. And you heard uh, Mayock, the new Ra- Raiders GM, saying, hey, Derek Carr's our quarterback. We don't think we can get anybody to upgrade in the draft that quickly, so they're going to go with what they got. I know they need help help on all sides of the ball. The offensive line's abysmal. Uh, their defense very, very old and slow. But uh, you know, they got at least they got a weapon because they have no receivers there. He's going to help out Carr. I think Derek Carr is probably the happiest guy right now. Oh, you think? I think that's putting it nicely. Yeah. Uh, listen, the I don't want to say the Steelers got raw, but why would you feel the need to make this deal now? Did you just want to get rid of Brownie? You're just tired of the saga here and all the distractions and all the other crap. All right, that's fine if that's the truth. But really, a third to fifth? I mean, a third to fifth? Uh, you couldn't. You, I, I can't believe they couldn't do better than that. You know, this is why if I was, you know, I know they wouldn't have traded with the Patriots, but I've said it a couple of times. I would have easily uh, offered and let it be known to everybody. I'll, I'll give a one to five. I think that's the exact numbers I said. I'll give a one to five for Brown. Steelers may have chosen still not to do it, but they, they would have had to explain why they took two rounds later. You know, from the Raiders, rather than give the, get a one from the Patriots. Now, once again, maybe the Patriots didn't want to deal with Brown either here. But I was surprised at the Steelers. They gave in here. The way I look at it, they gave in. They gave in to Brown. You're absolutely right, uh, George. And I'll tell you, it's insane, too. When you look at it, Antonio Brown, like, he's going to make more against the Steelers' cap while not playing for them. He could have just sat out, whatever. It doesn't matter. So he's not playing them. They're paying $21.12 million. Like <laughs> any other receiver, like this is like this. This is nuts. Like the money, any any other receiver in compared to Brown, it's a twenty one point one two million dollar difference. The Indomitian Sioux deal was big, but it was over two years when they lost a lot of cap space. But I'll tell you something, man. This is nuts. Like for me, you're 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 still 
Well, so you're not the guy's not playing for you. He's costing you money. I know he's a headache, but just keep him there and let him sit. There's no need to. There's no need to do anything else. You're you're still paying for the guy. I find I found uh, you said it. I think the Steelers are desperate, and actually, this is a shocking move. And the more and more I think about it, I, I was already down on this team going into next year. I think I'm probably going to take Cleveland to win that division. I think now is the time. I was I jumped on that uh, boat two years too early, but I'm smashing it. I'm, I'm I'm going down with the Brown ship right now. I think the Steelers are in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. Well, Steelers are definitely in trouble. I mean, you, you lost Brown, you're more than likely losing Bell here. Listen, I like Joe Smith-Schuster, but we'll, let's see what he can do against the number one cornerback week in, week out, where defenses are paying attention to him and coming after him and looking to stop him. Uh, I think I do think that the Steelers' offensive system helps the running backs. I do. But Bell is still a great back. You know, I'm not so sure Con- Connor is quite there. So uh, I'm, I'm curious. I wonder how the locker room feels. Because I think so many people in this locker room are going to be like, well, you know, the team chose Ben over Brown. Because I think in some ways that's exactly what they did. Because isn't it funny how – wasn't Ben going to retire two years ago? And now he's looking at a contract extension. It's almost like he told them, it's Brown or me. You know, if you want to keep Brown, then I'm, I'm going. I can't deal – I mean, once you're reading things – I'm reading things into it here that may or may not be there. But, uh, you know, some of the blame falls on Tomlin for letting this happen. The, the GM certainly gets some blame here for pretty much saying Ben can do whatever the hell he wants – which is just nuts. So uh, this right now it is just odd. They're, they're, the, they're the Cowboys. It's dysfunctional. It doesn't make any sense. The Steelers have always been pretty much what, what you wanted in an organization, how they acted, how they reacted to everything, professional. And now it's like everything's just been thrown into turmoil here. You can't tell me you lose Brown, you lose Bell, you lost Shazier to the injury as well. Those are three huge losses here. They're in rebuild mode. I'm surprised Ben does want to come back. No, it's and it's crazy to me. Ben Roethlisberger too, George. You know, with all the hits, not just with the motorcycle hits and the bar hits and everything else, like real hits in football games. This guy's not. A, he's a big man, and I'll give him credit for his toughness. We both talk about it. He's one of the toughest SOBs when it comes to pain threshold I've ever seen. But he's older now. He's getting slow. He's a statue back there. That's they got a good offensive line. That was huge signing Pouncey and getting their offensive line short up because that's big for Ben. But I don't even think he's probably got one year left in him. I don't. I don't even think he has two years left in him. And with an improving. You you still have to deal with the Ravens defense. The Cleveland Browns are on the uptick. I tell you, man, there's a lot of things to, to, to not like about the Steelers and a lot of things to like about the other teams in the division. So I, I think I, I think the Steelers are a team I'm going to be fading down the stretch, and they still have a, this reputation of being, you know, an NFL juggernaut, not at the top, but, you know, kind of like 1A, 1B. And uh, this is the year I think uh, that it really falls apart. Great point by you on Tomlin. I think Tomlin never – he comes across as a cool guy because he kind of looks like Omer Epps. His game management, uh, it stinks. Uh, a lot of the time, he doesn't know how to use timeouts. He makes bad decisions. He lets the players do whatever they want. I, just, I, I think it's a multitude of uh, problems with the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. And this this year coming up, it's they didn't even make the playoffs last year. It's going to get even worse this year. So, you know, enjoy it, guys, because uh, I think this uh, little run that you had on where you were dominating that division, uh, the buck stops here. It's over. Oh, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I, don't, think, I don't think the Steelers win the division this year. Uh, my God, might it, might it be the Browns? Might it be the Browns that really go uh, that take, take you know, that them, George? That, uh... Take them. Like think about the Browns too. I know. I worry. This is the thing. If you, and if you play devil's advocate, you know, uh, and you know about second-year quarterbacks and the NFL. Once you get tape on them, you can start to figure things out. But Baker Mayfield did a pretty good job. He looked very, very comfortable there. Also, the running game. Uh, Nick Chubb. You bring you bring you bring in uh, Buddy from Kansas City there. Uh, you know what I mean? This, this is an absolute insane situation. You have good good receivers, a very very young fast defense. 
this is nice. Like if I'm the Browns, I'm finally saying, you know what, we're not the we're not the same old Browns that people make make uh, toilet jokes about right now. This is a team that's slowly slowly turning around their reputation, and uh, this is the year. I think it was too early for me to jump on them, but I, you know, you saw them getting better, and I, I, I think convincingly, and for all the years they've been beat down in that division, they're going to be the bullies now. I am starting to agree. Starting to agree. We, so we don't think it's Pittsburgh. We know it's not Cincinnati. So it's just uh, is Baltimore. I mean, I, I just not like. I don't even know about Baltimore. Baltimore. They have the same questions, George. What about uh, uh, Lamar Jackson? You know what I mean? I know it was a windy game against the Chargers, but he he had problems and confidence throwing the ball. I I, I gotta believe he's gonna be working on that stuff. And you know, like every single day, that's the number one thing: get comfortable, make throws. He he made a few in the game against uh, the earlier game against the Chargers. He threw a nice deep ball, but other than that, um, you know, when I look at him, uh, he can't make all the throws. I, I think I think Cleveland is in a much better situation than Baltimore. Baltimore too. They got they got some aging guys on defense, but they got rid of Weddle. He's with the Ravens right now. Suggs is coming back, but I look at the Ravens and kind of go, yeah, they're the Ravens. Like when I look at the Ravens, I think eight and eight. I always think mid tier, medium. You know, how do you like your steak? Medium rare. It's never they're never at the top. They're never at the bottom. They're 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 a middling club. Yesterday was lasagna. Today it's steak. Killing me. Killing me. Yeah, I know. Uh, how did it go? Yeah, oh, yeah. Before you get in there, how did it go yesterday? Uh, you get the dinner? Or, uh, did you make a bet? Or, no, I, hockey went really well, except for the Dallas Stars there, uh, <laughs> George. I, I, I see Columbus I, I actually, won. I should I, give myself the Barry Horowitz. Good way to go, Cam. It only took you five tries. <laughs> I took the food. I did take the oh, yeah. food. So I, I And I, I played it straight. I didn't do any uh, – nothing but money. Just uh, just fantasy stuff. Nothing but money yesterday. And uh, I know I would have uh, won on the Flyers. I know. I hated them. I, I would have lost on a couple others. I probably would have broke about even if I would have. So it ended up being good for me. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, I agree with you about Baltimore. You know, I don't see them being any, any great team here. I think they have, work, they have work to be done as well. And I don't, I trust Lamar Jackson's running ability, but his throwing too. is, uh, it's awful. His throwing is awful. It's not bad. It's awful. He's got a lot, a lot of work to do there. Now, listen, he'll get all the reps in the mini camps, all the reps in the training camp. There'll be no Joe Flacco to worry about. That should help there. You know, about his running also. Yeah, the man is fast. He's extremely athletic. But he's also not Cam Newton. And even Cam Newton's gotten hurt. He gets hit right. He won't make it. And there's a reason why uh, Seattle slowed down Russell Wilson's throwing, uh, running because they didn't want him to take those hits. And Russell Wilson, although not as tall, is built a little better. Yeah, you he's know, well, I look sure at Lamar Jackson can take those hits. That's a great point. Uh, I, when I look at Russell Wilson, he's a mini tank. He's a smaller guy, but he's thick. And actually, that's what Kyler Murray started to do. He, like, he puts on the weight, and he's kind of going to be looking like Russell Wilson. He'll be that pr- prototypical. That's what he's going to look like. Lamar Jackson, to me, looks like RG3. Very thin. You know what I mean? Electrifying. But we talk about RG3 now. You know what I mean? In that playoff game versus my Seahawks, where he actually should have a civil lawsuit against uh, the coaching, Shanahan and the coaching uh, staff there. They kept him, <laughs> no, honestly, they kept him in, like I talked to Marenzi about this on the show, they kept him in there to get killed. He was injured in that game. Any other quarterback, he wanted to stay in, and Seattle pummeled him and pummeled him and pummeled him, and he went, he got down, he was hurt, he was limping, he got hit again. Like, he got smoked, George, in that game. I mean, absolutely smoked, and he's never been the same quarterback after that game. Like, he got beat down. It was like more like a, a boxing MMA fight than a football game. Oh, it was. I think we all, most of us know that he uh, shouldn't have been in that game. I don't want to put it all on the coaching staff. Maybe he demanded to stay in, too. But some, yeah. Some, yeah, I know. At some point, you need to protect the player, though. You need to protect. As players, they all want to, most of them want to play no matter what. You know, their arms hanging off, I want to play. You know, they have broken bones, I want to play. 
You know, they, they go through it here. So uh, at some point, somebody has to protect the player and say, hey, listen, you can't play. Hence the concussion things now. They all, uh, you know, you have to come out now and get uh, evaluated. Uh, so, yeah, he, they didn't protect him well at all. But I worry about Lamar Jackson. I do. Because he's, he's thin, man. He's slight. And, uh, yeah, you're fast. They'll catch you. They will catch you. You won't see a hit coming. You know, like I said, Cam Newton used to, you know, he's building. He's another guy. Cam, Luton's a, Cam, Cam Newton's a linebacker, too, and he gets smoked. So he gets, big he gets difference. Hit, and those injuries add up, man. Those injuries add up. So I do worry uh, about that for uh, Lamar Jackson. I do feel the same way. Uh, Cle- I just, it's just going to be weird to think that Cleveland is, might be the team to beat. We haven't seen this since, what, the 90s, the early 90s, with uh, you know, John Elliott beating him on the drive and the fumble? Yeah, no, and, and all the stars are lining up for them now. Finally, they get these guys. Finally, these the, the, the draft picks are panning out. Finally, things are starting to work for them. They've actually done a very good job the last couple of years. Even the players they've drafted with a little bit of problems have you know gone on the field and produced for them. The receiver from Florida, Callaway, like, he had a lot of issues, but I think he's going to be a good one too if he keeps it on the straight and narrow. Um, we like Baker Mayfield's progress. The running game with Hunt and Chubb, that's disgustingly good. You know what I mean? I think they still got Duke Johnson there. I'm not sure if he's going to be around, but a good, very good pass catching back too. So you have like in that area above average there, good young quarterback. You're shoring up the line. You got killers on defense. Cleveland, George, trust me, the minute, the minute the, after the draft, when they come out, like I'm going to search around for some sports books, but when they do their reassessment of odds, tote boards and everything else, I'm going to do some shopping like you down at BJ's for good meats. I'm going to be shopping around for Cleveland Brown stuff and filling my cart with Brown's win over Brown's division. Lots of brown in my uh, color shade uh, coming in. I'm telling you, it's it's going to be a lot of brown. Hopefully, uh, in Canada, browns are $100 bills, too. So lots of browns. <laughs> they, got, they technically have all the pieces. I think the only thing they would miss, they're missing on offense is maybe that, that big wide receiver. That's true. You know, That's true. more of a slot guy, Callaway. I like the Joku at tight end. They just traded for Olivia Vernon to get some uh, pressure on the quarterback there. That should help them somewhat. Uh, I would just like you'd like to see that receiver and that's going to be tough to find a phrase it's just not there uh well the two best receivers are golden tate which they already have a golden tate like in jarvis landry and tyrell williams and i'm not so sure tyrell williams is someone you want to play pay big money to yeah I'm, i i agree with that too hey and, and there's a draft coming up too cleveland can address some needs that the thing is they don't need like the cardinals like the raiders like even Pittsburgh, for that matter, diff- different. Like, you know what I mean? They could focus their attention. I totally agree with you. I think that's the, they're going to go out and get, get another big, tall receiver. There are some in this draft. And then uh, and then we'll just start to see if this thing can come together. If Baker Mayfield can keep it on the tracks. But when I look at the rest of that division, it's there's no other team that I th- I'm, I'm just trying to think. There's I, I don't, I, The only team you can hear is Baltimore, and I'm really not that scared of Baltimore, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, I think every team in that division regresses except for uh, Cleveland. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm on board. I think you're right. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, I don't think we're worried about them as much anymore. And Baltimore, I think you said it right there, at 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, and seven, two, little upside. There's not much upside in Baltimore. They are pretty much are what they are. And uh, Cleveland is the team with the upside. They have the players. Uh, they have some cap room as well here. They can, they can do some damage here. Uh, let's, uh, listen, I, I know a Cleveland Brown fan or two. Let's hope they don't screw this up, which history has told us they generally do. They try their best to do it. But uh, let's hope they don't screw this up here. But I like the Browns as well. And if, if, I think if you were asking me right now who wins the AFC North, I'd go with Cleveland as well. 
Yeah, I don't think we're going to – the problem is I don't think we're going to get a great price on them now. Like the word's out. You know, people people are understanding what's going on with Pittsburgh, with Cincinnati and Baltimore probably being the threat to them. So we're not going to get a lot of line value there, George, but it's some it's something to consider. Like if, every year you like to look at that team, like, you know, who, who wasn't there before that you could think make a big move? Cleveland's on my radar. And like one of those other teams uh, I think people are pretty down on that I might take wins over on is Tampa Bay. Like I just look for teams that were re- really, really disappointing but that still have parts that I can kind of go, you know what? They can get there. Like, uh, and it's kind of like what I looked at with Jacksonville. Uh, I did. I went the other way. Like, you know, when I, when I looked at them at the start of the year, I'm like, this team is really, you know, they, they got a good defense, but honestly, Bortles, like whatever, they never really wowed me. And I thought their 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 wins total was too high. So, th- those are things that we look at the the season wins totals. If you got patience, that's 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 great betting right there. That that stuff. If you can wait around for your money, that's where I like to go. Yeah, I know Mike Blue. It's all loves as well. Season wins totals. He likes to bet the, those over-unders. And listen, I enjoy them as well. Once again, they're, they're, to me, they're like props. That's they're fun. And uh, I enjoy my props. I think I so enjoy my props yeah. more than I enjoy my regular game lines. Sometimes I do, too. Yeah, well, you can do a hell of a lot more with props. I'm Cam Stewart. That voice you're hearing, Colonel Kurtz. Yeah, we got everything going on here. Weekend fantasy update. We'll talk about some betting lines, some picks. Uh, baseball, too. Uh, George is a big baseball guy. He knows his stuff. And uh, injuries in baseball. We'll talk NFL and a whole lot more. It's the Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm Cam Stewart. He's George Kurtz. Stick around, everybody. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. If you like to gamble, this used to be our theme song there, George. Welcome back. I'm Cam Stewart, along with George Kurtz, when me and Gabe uh, did our gambling show back in the day. This was uh, the opening the opening to it, a little motorhead, Ace of Spades, Kurtz. Very nice. Yeah, it's a win. I think Mr. Sean Engel probably knows that. Yeah, he's smart. Sean, he, Sean's a smart guy, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to Sean a little bit later. In the hour three of the program, going over the NASCAR DFS picks, we just kind of got grazed over it yesterday for a few minutes, but uh, things are going down today, and we'll talk to the Prince, get his uh, DFS pick sleepers and a couple uh, guys uh, maybe for uh, to win and some uh, you know top ten uh, bets as well. Yeah, interesting stuff there, George. I'm seeing, uh, other than before we get into the baseball uh, minor deal, uh, Car- Carlos Hyde to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Hunt goes to Cleveland. They pick up Hyde. A really, really, really bad, bad split. Like, when he went to Jacksonville, I was actually shocked how bad that relationship was. I thought, you know, when Fournette uh, got banged up, he got suspended in the Buffalo game. I thought Hyde would come in there, help out Blake Bortles, little dish-offs and whatever, but it turned out to be a very, very bad experience there. Maybe he can get uh, his career back on track because he was a good back when he was with the San Francisco. 49ers it's just kind of been a, a downward uh, spiral, uh, I guess, in the last few years. Might have been the wrong, wrong, uh, wrong teams, right? Uh, I mean, with yeah. Jacksonville, nothing. You already said it, nothing was going right in offense for that team. All right, the quarterback situation was a disaster. They had Fournette there. They didn't have Fournette there. Uh, Yeldon was playing. Whatever. It just just didn't work out. Uh, Cleveland, Nick Chubb ended up being the better back, which I think we all knew. We all knew that was sort of going to be a mess as soon as they drafted Chubb. That now is two backs for one spot, and one would have to go, and and probably not the guy that got drafted. So uh, I don't know if this is all that much better for Hyde. Once again, Damian Williams. 
I mean, granted, he came out of nowhere, right? You think about it, even the Chiefs didn't know what they had in Williams because when Hunt did what he did, well, Ware got the job. Not Williams. Ware That's got right. the job. And then Ware got hurt, and then Williams came on and took off. Maybe it's just any back in that system because, let's face it, they're not worried about the running game. They're worried about Patrick Mahomes hitting Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. That's what they're worried about there. So maybe any running back could play well. So uh, I'm curious to see what Hyde does here. History with Andrew Reid is that he usually only, use one, only uses one back. But I don't think this is quite the same because it's Damian Williams we're talking about here. We're not talking about, you know, LaShawn McCoy or Kareem Hunt, a, a true featured back here. And you can make an argument. And, you know, if you want to make the argument that Heist is better than Williams now, I don't think I'd argue with you. So I'm curious to see how this is going to work out. I think it's, this might drive fantasy owners a little crazy at draft time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I think it's Williams with what we saw from Williams, what he did down the stretch. I think he's the guy, but it's not like he's an established back, George. And one thing we know about the NFL, it's short short uh, lifespan with running back. Things change very, very quickly. You could be a, a king one day and a pauper another day because uh, you could be out of, out of work. It, all, all, it doesn't take very long. We've seen this happen to many guys, and at least Hyde is an established back and a nice kind of, uh, you know, insurance policy for the Chiefs. Um, it's, it's kind of like a, a low-risk move that's probably like just win-win for Kansas City because at least they have a guy that's uh, been there and done that there. And uh, with Andy Reid in the system, you know what I mean? Maybe you'll get some dump-offs from Mahomes. Maybe you'll do some things, but you're absolutely right. Kind of very similar to the Seahawks situation. It's going to be tough. Like, who's going to get the ball most of the time? It's going to be one of those things that might be a, a split-back duty, and that's uh, not cool for fantasy owners. It'll drive them, uh, as you say, insane. It will. It, it's, like I said, history says well, Reid won't do that, but, I mean, Hyde was a good back just two years ago. I think last year was just a, just a mess. You know, uh, going to going to Cleveland and being traded, Jacksonville just just a mess here. I think people are gonna. I think I think he is a better back than Williams. The problem is Williams knows the system, has the trust of Reed, more than likely gets the first shot, and he may never let it go. Because I'll say it again. I mean, teams are not gonna be worried about the running game. You're gonna worry about stopping that passing game. You know, it's the old. What, what do you want to die by? Slow knife attacks or the big gunshot? You know, the right away. The, the I prefer. Pass, the I prefer the big go uh, gunshot. I, I I got enough suffering, George. Make it quick. You know what I'm saying? I prefer not to die, period. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, uh, yeah, I prefer not uh, slow and painful. That sounds uh, a hell of a lot worse. But, but the running game is slow and painful. The passing game is that yeah. you know, quick death. And I think teams generally, they'll choose, oh, let's, let's, let's die by the running game. Maybe they'll make a mistake. Maybe there'll be a fumble. Maybe they'll get a penalty. And it'll be first and 20, second and 20, whatever it might be. You root for that sort of thing here. So I think it's going to be interesting. If I'm drafting today, I would draft Williams first, Cam, but... I, I would really too. Who's not my RB one? I I agree. I would wait and wait and wait. Like that. That's the thing about that situation. Just giving people tips out there. I don't care how high you are on Williams. I think the risk is the gamble is well. It's not worth the risk because things can change very quickly. Like wherever you have Williams now in your mock, I'd put him down because I I, I do believe like that Hyde will eventually like take at least a, a couple pieces of the pie there. I'm actually impressed that think about it too. Like when you look at the numbers for the deal, it, it's it good good on Kansas City, man. It's a it's only a one year deal. It's smart, and they had they had all the power there because Hyde's good. Because he's been playing bad the last couple of years and not maybe it's because he's not in the right fit as well. Two point eight million dollars on a one year deal. That's brilliant for Kansas City. That's a really smart, smart move. If he does well, they can extend him. If not, and he's done. See, it's been it's been a slice and we're only uh, we're paying you under three million. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's a good move. You can never have enough. You know, you really, it, 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 it drives us fantasy owners crazy because now we have to, uh, you know, sort of decide what, how the usage is going to be here. But for the NFL team, it's generally a good thing. 
Yeah. What about uh, your Cowboys and Lee? He must be ha- happy right there. Uh, I know he's uh, always uh, banged up there, George, but uh, with all the things that are happening with your team, with Irving and everybody else, it's nice to know you got to nail you got to nail down something because I'll tell you, the Dallas Cowboys, they got a lot of work to do. This is just one piece of a very, very, very big uh, puzzle, and he's restructuring his deal. That's got to make you happy. I know he's hurt all the time, but, man, this guy is an absolute uh, – he's a warrior, and he, he's a guy that I like to cheer for. Even as a Seahawk fan, I like guys that go out there, leave it all out in the field, and he's, uh, he's kind of an old-school throwback. I like his game. I think, listen, when, when he was healthy, when he when it would actually play 16 games, which I understand was a rarity. Matter of fact, he's never played 16. He played 15 and 16, 15 and 11. He was a machine. He was an absolute machine. I mean, 2016, 145 tackles. The man was all over the place. He was fast. was smart. But, uh, listen, health was always an issue here. You know, he had seasons where he only played seven games, 11, six. Uh, he was injured a lot. He was just injured a lot. Generally, the hamstrings, the legs uh, gave out on him. Well, uh, it is what it is. You know, the Cowboys did sign $3.5 million. Uh, there's some incentives there where he could get the five. Uh, backup linebacker. You know, he's not going to uh, take the place of uh, LVE or Jalen Smith. They're the starters there, and he's not going to start on the uh, strong side either. So he's your backup, and that's fine. That's fine. But as you said, this is a small piece of a much bigger puzzle for the Cowboys. I mean, you know, say you're paying him 3.5. You're going to have to pay a hell of a lot more for Demarcus Lawrence, and he has to be signed. Has to be signed. Uh, and then after that, then you got to worry about Dak. Do you believe? And Jerry Jones seems to believe that's going to be a hell of a big contract. Ezekiel Elliott, that's going to come up. Maybe not this year. You can hold on to Elliott and Prescott this year and worry about it for next year. But these guys have to be signed as well. Byron Jones, who had a very good year at cornerback after this year, needs to be signed. You know, their defensive line, you mentioned David Irving. They also, Randy Gregory is suspended again. So you lost two... Uh, Two uh, defensive linemen, I mean, and, and Demarcus Lawrence is a, uh, I don't know, what do you want to call him, a hold, uh, unsigned, you know, for a franchise tag. You lost three, three, offensive, three defensive linemen right now. You got work to do. You've got work to do to fix this. I understand David Irving didn't play most of last year, and boy, he, he retired in an interesting fashion yesterday, uh, uh, during the week, I should say. Uh, but Randy Gregory's a loss. He played well for you when he's in there. But he's another guy who can't get past the addiction. So the Cowboys, they really need to sign DeMarcus Lawrence. They need to sign Craw- uh, Crawford on the defensive line and shore things up. If the Cowboy fans are wondering who they might take at 58 overall, man, defensive lineman is looking more and more likely. Yeah, no, they got. I agree with you 100 percent with all the problems that they have there. You got to shore. You got to shore up the defensive line, and it's crazy there, George. With all the names that you just listed there, do you know who I think is the least important to sign? Dak Prescott. I don't think Dak's a franchise quarterback. I think I've said this many times. I don't see it. I just don't see it. Uh, I think he's a average NFL quarterback. And in this day and age, average NFL quarterbacks get paid. They probably shouldn't, but they get paid. And he's going to uh, probably get big money here because the Cowboys don't have anybody else. And Jerry Jones is not going to want to wait forever to draft one of these guys. But uh, you watch if you watch Dak Prescott, I mean, you really watch the games, he's not good at reading defenses. He's not good at seeing open receivers. He misses them quite often. You know, you go over and over again, watch the Cowboy games and see him. Even when Amari Cooper was there, how much he missed. Amari, uh, how Cooper would be wide open, he would miss him. Gallup would be running free, and he wouldn't even see Gallup. He's just not good at uh, that sort of thing here. It's uh, you know, it's it's year three now. Watch, well, actually, be year four. You, I'm gonna have a hard time seeing him make over a hundred million dollars. Uh, I, he's not he's he's not in the top third of quarterbacks. He's just not. Yeah, that's the thing. If I, I think I think if the offer, if he wants something too much, they just might say screw it. 
You know what I mean? They have a, they, they, they have to, they have a, a budget they need to balance. They need to sign these other guys first. Ezekiel Elliott is way more. I, I know they're just a running back, but he is not just a running back. He is a, not just talking about fantasy. I'm talking about reality. He is one of the best backs in the league. The guy's unbelievable. And, and he, he, the things he does in those games against a good Philadelphia team, like he, he's special. You don't find many guys like that in the league. We talk about Gurley. He's been hurt. Well, Ezekiel Elliott, time after time, no matter how bad the Dallas offense is, he's the one consistent. He's going to have to get paid. Yeah, you know what, George? It's actually funny. Like you think uh, they're they're going to sign Dak Prescott. If it's too much, he's going to be the guy to. They'll go. You know what? You walk. We need the other guys. They're going to sign Dak. Yeah, they are. Uh, there's just Jerry Jones has said too many. I mean, listen, Jerry Jones says a lot of things, so it's tough to always take him by his word. But uh, yeah, you read the tea leaves there. I think he is going to sign him. I don't. I'm not so sure it's the wrong thing to do, Cam. Because what do you do? You let him go. Yeah. You know, you, or do you put a franchise tag on him for one year? And you, it, it would still be an exorbitant stuff, but at least you can get out of it. It's just everything I see on film, he's not worth $25 million a year, which is what he's going to get. He's not worth $60, $75 million guaranteed, which is what he's going to get. He's not that quarterback. He's just not. Yeah, he's, uh, like I said, he, he's, not, uh, he's not top 30. He's not a top 10 quarterback. I can, I can easily name 10 more. He's sort of in that right around about top half, maybe, in that 14 to 18 range where Andy I put Dalton him, type. I put him, yeah, I put him, I, I put him like uh, with like Carr. I think Carr's a little bit better than him. You know, that's where I put Dak Prescott. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's right around where it should be, sure. Like I said, Carr, Dalton, uh, Cousins is a little bit better here. I think he might be better than Dalton, but it's not Dalton's fault. He's got no line to deal with. He's been pummeled over the years, right? So the one thing Dak Prescott had is not recently, but Dallas has always had one of the best offensive lines in the games. And you said it, like, even with time, he can't uh, make throws that uh, he should make. And those other guys, if you gave Andy Dalton time, he hit A.J. Green a lot of the time. He hit Boyd a lot of the time. The problem is he's always on his back. Yeah. And the Cowboys generally have had a, a good offensive line. And the offensive line should be better next year because Travis Frederick uh, will return from his, uh, what, the the autoimmune disease that he had. He's recovered from that, and he'll, he'll be back. So that should theoretically help. But the problem is it hasn't been the, like, oh, he's been under a rush. He doesn't see what's downfield. He just doesn't see it. And I don't know if that can be corrected. I don't know. You would think experience would correct that. He'd, uh, you know, get better. But I don't know. I just don't know if he's going to be able to see. I mean, I said the passing offense was bad last year until they acquired Cooper, and it got better with Cooper there. It certainly got better because he had a true number one. But I, I'll say it again. There were times Michael Gallup, he was specifically the person, several times. You, you saw him in the 11-on-11 film. He's running free or about to become free, and Dak's not able to see it. You know, whether, whether he locks in on one receiver and doesn't uh, get to his second and third reach, is that the problem? You know, and once again, if you're going to pay a quarterback $25, $28 million a year, you would think you need to be able to do that. You know, his arm strength is fine. He can make overthrows. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. He's, 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 he, I, I watch him in college. He's got an electrifying arm, actually. And, and it's kind of weird to me, George, and you know more than anybody. We watch every single damn Dallas game. Hell, you're, you're bringing out the VHS to watch uh, the glory days there. It's like, hey, honey, I'm in the room. Uh, bring, bring me the box of tapes. Like, you've still got the VHSs for the Cowboy glory years. But I'll tell you, when I watch that guy, sometimes he can put it into another gear. Like, when you watch him run, you're kind of like, oh, okay. You know, Dak Prescott, he makes it. But when he's angry, like, there was a couple games this year where I looked at him. He looked like an angry thoroughbred, like coming around in, in a meter into the stretch, and he was bowling over guys, stiff arming guys. Like, 
it's weird. I've seen him take it to another level, but he doesn't do it all the time. But when he does, it's absolutely electrifying. Like his runs, I forget what game it was where he deked off three guys, smashed a guy, dove into the end zone, went bananas. Like, I'm like, wow, this guy looks like he is absolutely possessed. Like it, it looks fantastic. And other times I'm like, eh, he doesn't really look like he's that scared. You know what I mean? It's weird. It's uh, Do you understand where I'm coming from? He has like it's different gears. I'd like to see him in, in, in the main gear a lot more. Oh, you're absolutely correct. And the Cowboys were strange, too, because they they didn't want him to run the ball at times. You know, they, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be a part of their game plan. When it was a part of their game plan, he was a much different quarterback. It was almost like he was more into the game. I it agree. It was just strange. And you, and you and, have Elliott, they, George. You have, and so, so people are keying on him. Like, I almost believe, like, it's kind of like Seattle. I look at Dallas in the same type of ways with play calling. I'm like, you, you can beat these teams. You do have the pieces to do it. But I just disagree with the way you're going about the game plan. And shocking comes down to coaching, which everybody hates. Yeah, you know exactly. who's who's on. You know Jason Garrett and uh, uh, God Linehan, who's now gone anyway. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's strange. I understand you want you want to protect your quarterback. This is for any NFL team. I understand you want to protect your quarterback, and you don't want him running freely. You know, but you know you can have designed runs. Everybody does it nowadays. You got to play somewhat. You got to throw some caution to the wind. And Dallas too often. Oh no, we're not. It's like they almost said we're not going to run him today. You know, before the game even started, we're not going to run him today. I can understand there's some games, all right, he's taking a couple of big hits, that's it, we're done. You know, we're going to keep him in the pocket. I have no problem with that. You know, it's just not worth it. But when you don't even try, when you don't even try, that's just strange. I think that's one of the things that upsets Cowboy fans about Jason Garrett, about Linehan, how they were very uninventive. They were boring at times, and I was very vanilla. You know, so what what did Des Bryant say? You know, they never moved me around. You know, didn't work to get me open, and that was very true. They didn't. You know, remember Jason Garrett grew up under uh, Jimmy Johnson, and in those days, the Cowboys, you know, Jimmy Johnson will tell you they had like four running plays. That's all they had, four running plays. But they were so damn good that the, the other team knew what they were going to do; they couldn't stop them. And I imagine the passing game was similar. There wasn't that many, you know, it, it was Irvin. You get get the ball, to Irvin. You had Novacek. Get Alvin Hopper. Throw it deep. And I think uh, I think Jason Garrett follows that sort of same philosophy where less is more. The problem is you don't have those players. You don't have Aikman. You don't have Irvin. You don't have Emmett Smith. You know, you don't have Hall of Famers here. You might in Elliott, but you, the other positions you don't here. And he's got, they've got to be more inventive. And that's always been the issue with the Cowboys, how they've been very vanilla, very boring. Yeah, no, and I saw, this, I saw the same thing for my team this year, George, and it drives me nuts. Like, we're sitting there watching the football games, me, you, uh, Joe the Fish, Kalina, everything, and I'm watching Seattle run, 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 open receiver, run, run, run. I get it. I like a running game, and I'm an old-school guy. Dallas, same thing. Vanilla, 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 predictable, predictable. And, and I'm watching, then you watch the Chiefs play, you're watching the Rams play. It's like, wow, man, this could be a lot of fun if we actually tried some of this stuff, and they do have the weapons to do it. But it was nice to see, at least when you guys got Cooper, things changed up a little bit. He stretched out the field, and it became a little bit more fun for you guys. It wasn't just uh, the Ezekiel Elliott show. Well, you started with the Rams offense last year. The Rams were very yeah. similar offense to what, what I mentioned, Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys. They only ran a certain amount of, a very small amount of plays, but they moved people all over the place. They disguised it. You know, they, they had guys, you know, oh, you know, those tight ends going to the left side, to the right side, in motion, and they were changing all the time. They were fooling the defense that way. The plays really were the same. They had nothing changed there, but they ran out of so many motions, it screwed the defense up here. And I said, that's inventive. And that's what we like, uh, McVay, right? Because he's doing stuff like that. You know, he's being, he's looking to screw the defense up to make them think. If he makes people think, 
generally they're going to have some problems. They're going to make some mistakes here. Dallas no, George, that at all. It's, it's, they we like it till the playoffs. <laughs> I like McVay till the playoffs game. <laughs> <laughs> After that, it was kind of like, who is this guy? This so-called genius doesn't seem to be a genius. It's like a guy wrote a great novel, and after that, he was writing for the National Enquirer. Like it was it, the, the playoffs, things got pretty stupid. But anyway, no, George is George is absolutely right. The Dallas Cowboys got a lot of things they got to do with priorities. I'm Cam Stewart. We'll go over the 12 o'clock betting conference tournaments winding down. We'll talk a little baseball injuries and potential spots for NFL free agents after the break. I'm Cam Stewart. He's George Kurtz. Fantasy Weekend Update. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Thank you very much, Sean. I'm Cam Stewart, alongside with Colonel Kurtz, George Kurtz, Long Island. I'm Toronto. The Prince, he's in Manhattan. Damn, I've been, I've been demoted again. <laughs> Colonel Kurtz just has a better ring than General Kurtz, but I, you, know, you are the general. I like those commercials. With, you got you to gotta love Shaq, too, uh, doing the commercials with the general. Like you're doing, you're, you're doing ads with a cartoon character now. Like That guy will show up to the opening of an envelope. I gotta hand it to him. I, uh, <laughs> hey, if it pays, like he'll go. You know, yeah, that's the thing. I'll, I'll I'll do a full length series with the general if I have to. It's just I love the general. It's funny. I I actually needed car insurance and got got through it. Uh, no, no, it's it wasn't as easy as the the, the commercial made it look to, it looked to be to get car insurance for because basically they're giving insurance to felons and stuff. I, I I couldn't get in, George. I don't know what the hell's going on. The you know, anyway, it's uh, it seems like it's really dirt cheap, but uh, don't 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 let them fool you. It's a lot more than you think. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I don't know. You don't seem like the type of Never guy to shop for your insurance me. from a cartoon character either. Or buy a gun from Yosemite uh, no, Sam or anything not. like that. You, you know. <laughs> I like Yosemite Geico, Sam, more, man. More of a Geico State Farm type of guy. Like, yeah, you're, that's the thing. If you're buying car insurance State from Farm, a cartoon actually. character. Yeah, see, 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 George, see, I don't even know. I, I know you, but I don't. Like, I know you. I, yeah, you, you seem like a State Farm type of guy, like something legit. You could p- bundle it up for, uh, you know, your wife and kids and everything. Get the whole family pack. You're not, you're, you're not dealing with, uh, yeah, Shaq and a cartoon character. It's funny though. I love the insurance commercials though. I mean, you got what Mayhem? I don't know what Allstate. Is Mayhem oh yeah, that Allstate? guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, that guy used to be yeah. He's Mayhem. Fantastic. He's Allstate. Yeah, that guy. That guy's amazing actually. You know, what he used to be in. He's like a character actor. He used to be uh, a cop he's, in Law and in Order. The, I like the old uh, Law and Orders. He's, with the, yeah, he's still he's still on that yeah. show every now and then. By the way, he's, yeah, he's on good. Rescue yeah, he's, me. Yeah, he's good. He was banging that. Uh, he's, he's, I think uh, the the main chick in the show, the Olivia or whatever her name is. Yeah, that guy's yes, good. Yeah, they, they were dating at one time. He's good. He's a good, he's a good actor. <laughs> I like him. Uh, I can't remember. His, I don't have no idea what his name, his real name is in real life. But uh, or do I? I as Megan, he plays, he's fantastic. He plays a good cop. You know what I mean? Like he's a he, he just kind of yeah. He, he he's good with mayhem. He's good as a cop. He's uh, he's just very very good. 
Okay, George, I'm going to blast through these uh, college games for, for people listening, guys. If you want to get in there, conference tournaments are, are going down uh, right now, but uh, we'll get you through the regular board, and there's a couple of games going off at 12. In the Big Ten, we got Illinois and Penn State. Penn State laying eight. Total in this game, pretty high for these guys, 148. Uh, Penn State on the money line, minus 355. Illinois, plus 285. I'm going to pass on that game. Rutgers has been a very scrappy team. Gabe and I talk about Rutgers all the time, but Indiana, they really need to go on a little bit of heater to, to make the tournament. Indiana laying seven and a half. Rutgers plus seven and a half. Total 132 and a half, minus 350 for Indiana. Uh, but I'm going to step up to for this game at uh, 12 o'clock. Uh, this is my game, George. Uh, I was good with the with, with the Tigers. I'm staying with the with the really mean mean kind of cats today. Like that that's the thing. The Tigers were good to me. Toothless mean Tigers of Auburn getting it done as a three point dog shocking Tennessee. Thought that line was too low, and I'm going with the do the Bearcat. Cincinnati Bearcats minus two against Houston. I will take them, split up the units. Cincinnati minus two and take them minus 140 on the money line. Guys, that game is a 12 o'clock tip uh, and the total 128 and a half. It looks low. I'm not going to dick around though. I'm just going to take Cincinnati to beat Houston in that game. And uh, yeah, later on today, we got the Missouri Valley Conference Championship game. Bradley in Northern Iowa. Great run by Northern Iowa. This is what we talk about. Disappointing season, but you can really turn it around and win some games and get into the tournament. So Bradley is minus two Northern Iowa. Iowa plus two. That game goes off at uh, 2.05. We got semifinals in the Southern Conference. Should be a great day today. Summit League. But uh, so far, George, I'm not uh, screwing around. It worked yesterday. I'm going with one game. Do the Bearcat, Cincinnati style, uh, for my old buddy, uh, Ginger himself, Mick Cronin, friend of the program, friend of horse racing. Uh, Gabe and I got to meet him when he used to come to Toronto and uh, be our NCAA analyst when we had uh, March Madness, when we had the the March Madness rights on our old television station. So I'm doing the Bearcat today, George. And hockey was pretty good good to me last night then, but my baseball experiment, George, it didn't work out very well. I I lost. So I I keep on forgetting. Yeah, they score runs early, but things change in those preseason games. I think I'm going to tread lightly. That's why I don't, I don't touch uh, preseason spring training games because once the starters are out, which sometimes at the four or five innings, you don't know what the hell is going to go on. And the baseball exactly. bad usually. I mean, uh, during the uh, during the Red Rex in the morning, I was watching the Yankee in Baltimore replay from last night. It was on the MLB network. And uh, you've you seen balls on the dirt, errors. I mean, pitches you've never heard of. Numbers on players, you know, 83. Oh, yeah, I know who that is. You, know, you have no idea who these guys are. That's not like top prospects are playing here. So uh, I know I... I can't put money on it. I, even five bucks, I wouldn't do. I just there's no way. It's, in my mind, there's just no way of analyzing it. No, it's tough. Yeah, it, like that's the thing. But I think it's better. Like if you're gonna do it, maybe runs in the first inning. You know how they have those bets in the regular season? Because it seems like when I'm watching these games, every Yankees game I've seen, they've scored in the first inning. Even the Blue Jays are scoring in the first inning. Philadelphia. I remember that the, the Jays game. Uh, what was it? Philadelphia put up two, and then Toronto just scored two. I'm seeing a lot of lot of overs and a lot of early runs. And you said it probably because the pitching's not that good. And uh, right now, the, it seems like the batters even have an edge over the pitchers. Who who are they? Whoever they're throwing out there, these guys. Don't are really not effective. It's going to take them a while. It's weird. Usually, I thought it was the other way. The pitchers would have the advantage over the hitters, but there's been a lot of runs scored so far. Well, usually, uh, pitchers report early, so they should be. They usually are ahead of hitters, right? But then again, you get some pitchers who, remember, they're just working on one thing. They'll throw 88 foul curveballs in a row that's what they're working on. They're not really trying to get you out. They're trying to work on things for the regular season. If you're a veteran, you don't give a crap. Oh, this guy hit a home run. What do yeah. I care? You know, the games don't count. I'm just trying to get my work in. You know, they're going to throw four rings and they go going golfing. That's really what most of these guys are doing. I just yeah. got to get out of here, man. I got, got tea time at 245. 
You know, that's all they want to do. So they're just getting their work in and leaving. So uh, they don't care. And I don't blame them. It's really, it is to get your work in. That's your, that's your job. Get your work in. You know, work on the fastball, work on the curve, slider, cutter, uh, change it, whatever it might be, and move on from there. When you get the youngsters, man, those guys are trying. Those guys are looking for a job, looking to impress. Even the guys with numbers that we don't know about, you know, the Mike Fords, number 83, they're trying to impress Aaron Boone. This way, if they need a call up, oh, I remember that guy did that. He ran hard, that sort of thing. So, uh, in some ways, you're better off with the lineup of the all, all young players than you are the veterans. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's absolutely huge. No, yeah, these guys are playing for jobs. Veterans are just going out there getting loose and stuff like that. It's not, yeah, it's not important to them. George, you see the story. Um, we already talked about Vladimir Guerrero probably being one of the only, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., one of the only bright spots for the Toronto uh, Blue Jays heading into things. And already an injury, I'm seeing uh, it could be, what is it, three three weeks. That's that's a best-case scenario right now for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They already talked about him like maybe not being ready for the big leagues, but he's out three weeks uh, plus with an oblique strain. Uh, so what's going to happen here? Uh, it, it's interesting. A lot of hype with Guerrero Jr., but I think at the Fantasy Sports Network and you know as gamblers, I'm going to look the other way and try to find some value with some other prospects maybe to to win rookie of the year. I'm not sure if it's going to go down. Like everyone's just kind of like penning it, penning him in saying, Oh yeah, no, this is going to be always oh, phenomenal. This and that. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally sure what's going to happen. And I'm going to look for some value on the board and do some uh, deep, deep searching and try to find somebody else because I, I don't think that's a very good bet at the current odds. Listen, uh, if you if you want a rookie of the year odds, Aloy Jimenez, he's also somebody that's going to be up there. Uh, and another guy that's going to be held down a little bit uh, to, uh, so they get an extra year out of him. Uh, but the White Sox, it's another good hitter's ballpark. Now, granted, he's not hitting all that well. You know, I think he's batting one, around 130-ish, last I checked. But he's another top, top prospect. You know, he's going to be a good player. But, you know, he's only hitting 130 now, Cam. He'll get sent down because, they once again, they want to hold him down. What if he doesn't hit the AAA? You know, and it's, it's mid-April where they want to call him up. But once again, he's still hitting 150. What are they going to do then? You know, it makes you wonder if they'll call, will they call him up, send, keep him down longer, because they may not think he's ready. Now, with Jimenez and Guerrero, listen, they're both ready. They both should have been called up last year. All right, that, this is all about time, uh, you know, keeping him the extra year. Don't kid yourself. Uh, when it comes to Guerrero, it's funny. Three weeks, put you at March 31st. Taking about two weeks to get uh, back in hitting shape. Guess what? That, that still puts him at mid-April, where he was supposed to get called up anyway. That's why... Uh, you know, Keith Law, he's a uh, scout, former assistant GM for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, and uh, someone who I think is, is very knowledgeable uh, of what he's talking about as far as uh, prospects and stuff like that. Uh, the first thing he put, oh, isn't that a coincidence? You know, that all of a sudden now they have an excuse to send him down. In other words, he's trying to say he's not all that sure that there really is an injury here. Or, you know, there's just an excuse yeah. to keep him down. Because Toronto was taking some heat. You know, when, they, when the GM came out the other day and the, 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 the BS thing that, oh, he's not ready. Da, 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 da. Yeah, he's not a very good defensive third baseman, but he's not going to get any better. That's, just, that's as good as he's going to get. You know, so I, I, I do wonder if there's something to that, too. Maybe it's a, a very twin, you know, a twinge. Oh, I took a swing. Ah, you know, a little sore there. Oh, you got yeah. no bleak. Going to be out three weeks. You know, and it's, it covers their ass. Because Aloy Jimenez not hitting, that covers the White Sox ass now. Because once again, he's not hitting. He is, he is batting 130, so they can send him down without taking the heat. 
George, and that's t- t- to your point. So when I look at the odds, these odds are from the Westgate in Las Vegas. I should ask Gabe about the FanDuel in Jersey, see their odds. But right now, Vladimir Guerrero for odds of 2019 AL Rookie of the Year. This is the top board. Guerrero, 4-5. to five. So he's not even he's favored, not even even money. you got to lay juice. Jimenez, your boy, 3-1. to one. Then you look at Forrest Whitley of the Astros, 12-1. to one. Justice Sheffield Mariners, 15-1. to one. Uh, Kikuchi of the Mariners, 15 to 1. Joshua James, Astros. Your boy, didn't you draft Honeywell? Brett Honeywell from the Rays, 15 to 1. And uh, a guy that they like at 20 to 1. Some people some people I respect from the gambling world. Jesus Luzardo of the Oakland Athletics, 20 to 1. And another Blue Jay, Bo Bichette, at 30 to 1 right there. So I'm looking at the chalk at Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and him. And sure, one of them will, will probably, when you look at the tote board, and the odd, but the odds significantly go up for the next guy. Whitley at 12, Sheffield at 15, Kikuchi. Gucci at 15, James at 15, Honeywell at 15, Luzardo at 20, Bichette at 30. Maybe uh, you want to dip your beak into one of those ones, George, and get to take back. You you're, you know baseball really, really well. Is the guy there in that nice range that you could look at and go, maybe this is the guy? Hitters are usually get it because that, that's the sexy part, man, right? I mean, if Guerrero plays, he has 30-plus home runs, everyone's going to remember that. And he's got name value. He's already got name value there. That's why it's going to be hard to beat Guerrero. That's why his odds are so well, are where they are, four to five, because everybody knows that name. You know, his father, you know, Hall of Fame player, uh, and once again a hitter. Lazardo is somebody I like, but once again, when does he come up? Uh, Honeywell, it won't be him. Yeah, he, he's returning on Tommy John surgery. He would be, he can be back in June, July. But to pitch half a season, they're going to win Rookie of the Year over these guys. I can't see that. So I don't think that happens there. But Lazardo is somebody I like a lot. My question, though, will be, and you don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. When do the A's call him up? Is he going to start the season with them? I don't think he is. So, uh, and he's not. That's not a time thing. He may need, actually need more time in the minor leagues. He's not one of those. Uh, you know, we're keeping him down to hold him an extra year. He actually might need some more pitches in the. Uh, in uh, in the minor leagues, he only threw 108 innings last year. So that means that most he's going to throw is probably about 150 this year. I, I don't know for sure about the A's organization, but I assume they believe in that. Where you can't go more than 40 innings more than the year before. Would that be enough? He may only throw, if he doesn't start the season with Oakland, he may only throw 100 innings at the major league level. It's going to be hard for... Uh, Hard to win the uh, once again hard to win in a uh, rookie of the year, but only doing that. So I don't like any of the pitchers' chances here because I don't know if I don't think any of them are going to start the season with the team. Well, these hitters, yeah, they may be two, three weeks in, but they're still going to play 140 games. And I expect both hitters, as far as Guerrero and Jimenez, to put up uh, big numbers. Like I said, I think if Guerrero plays 140 games, he is going to hit 30 plus home runs. Yeah, it's a good point. I just you wish you were getting a little bit more though, George. You know what I mean? Like when you're looking at the bets, like going into something that's uh, yes, sure he he is the guy. He's the people that uh, everyone knows him. He's the name brand value, but laying juice that doesn't really seem like a good uh it's one of those things like you look at it from a gambling perspective if you want to stay in the business it's not just a real good bet because it's not like any of these uh, some of these other guys might be able to 15 or 20 to 1 might be able to take it i don't like laying juice when there's that many candidates all right listen what's the old line here do you want to take a railroad do you want to take the field i would take the field that's too. that's the thing yeah it's basically a field bet almost so other than the other guy the white Sox at three to one the rest of them that's that's the thing you get you have to lay 30 cents with the guy with Guerrero as the favorite, then three to one, and then it goes up to 15 to one. That's that's significant, George. You don't see that very often. That's a big, big, big middle job there between favorites and underdogs. No, I would I would take the field also. Jimenez is a. I don't think people realize how good a prospect Jimenez is. He's he is one. that good. 
I would you rather? Okay, the question I asked. Player. The question I asked, George, is would you ever? Would you rather pair Jimenez at three to one? Maybe I could shop around and get four to one, or Guerrero at minus one thirty. I would probably go well, right now. I think it's really what you believe about this injury. Are they telling the truth or not? Because if you believe he has an oblique injury, it's not going to be three weeks. That injury does not heal that quick. So that's why that's another reason why I think this injury is quite a sort of bullcrap. I think they're just uh, covering yeah. themselves here. I'll, I would, I think Ray was going to win it because once again, I think in the worst case scenario, he hits 30 home runs. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he hits more. And by 30, I think the worst case scenario would be 30 home runs and bats 240. That could hurt him a little bit. But I think once again, he could hit a 30 and bat 290. Yeah, the, the ball's going to fly out of that ball, but you're playing on turf. That should help him here. But that being said, I'll tell you this. If, 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 if Gladimir Guerrero Sr. didn't play, didn't never play baseball, the odds would not be four to five and three to one. Jimenez Excellent is that point. Player. If I'm star, if I'm starting my own major league baseball team today, I want Jimenez. He's the better play. He's a better. He's a better play all around play. He can play the outfield. Guerrero does not have a defensive position. He's a terrible. He's a goalie playing third base. That's really all he is. He can't move. He'll still block balls if he can get to them and throw people out. But eventually, he's a DH. And by eventually, for a young kid, which is terrible, it's, you're talking two years away. As soon as, as soon as Justin Smoke's gone, he probably goes to first base. And then shortly after that, he'll go to DH when Kendris Morales is gone. I mean, the, the man is is large and not in a good way. No, I mean, I he's got the biggest backside. Yeah. Where yeah. was I just saw a backside that big on a baseball player? Yeah, no, I was going to say I secretariat. Mean, wow. I was going to say secretariat, George. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That That's like, his backside looks like a horse. Like, he's that big. He's got that big, big, like, thick legs. No, no, who looks like that, too? Like, uh, without without the ass, like hockey players. Like, when I'm, when you're in the dressing room, I saw uh, Sidney Crosby. These guys got tree trunks for legs, like their lower half, just from all the skating and stuff oh like that. But he, he, lo- he, looks, he basically looks like a thoroughbred. To me, he looks like a, like a big, you see like the big ass and the legs and they're like, he's just like a, like power, power lower half. That, well, that's where you get your power from, right, too? But he is pudgy. Like yes. he's one of those things like he's going to be, I know, like I know, I know the body type. He's not in shape. That's the thing. He, there, there, there's, he's going to get large. There's pudgy being like Russell Wilson kind of like when you look at like thick and then there's fat. Like, you know what I mean? And when you look at it, he's kind of one of those guys that it's it's different types of fat. It's not just being like meat around the bone. It's like he, he needs to lose a little bit of weight. And if he and he looks like a guy that fights a weight problem. Like I do. Like I can put on 20 pounds tomorrow. You just take me to Dairy Queen, all of you blizzards, you know, drink a gallon of uh, homogenized milk. I'll put on 20 pounds. Like he looks like that type of guy that, that can really, really, really like, you know, eat something and just beep, like the weight just pops on. Agreed. Uh, agreed. I think he's going to have the problem all, all his career. I think he's only going to get bigger, not smaller. Uh, and I, I think that's an issue long term for the Blue Jays. I mean, yeah. to think a guy who can hit like he can hit is probably a DH, a full time DH, <laughs> much sooner rather than later. Like, this is not someone you, oh, when he hits 30, he'll be a DH. No, I mean, when he hits 24, he'll be a DH. You know, he won't be able to move at all here. And I think the Blue, I think the Blue Jays know that. Everybody in baseball pretty much knows that, that he's a DH waiting to happen, but he can hit. And he can definitely rake, and he'll put up numbers. I don't think there's any doubt about that either. So uh, it's the good with the bad. It really is the good with the bad here. Listen, I mean, Yankee fan, I'd love to have him. <laughs> the kid yeah, can't hit. Exactly. I mean, he can't hit. But like I said, if I'm starting a baseball team today, if I'm a general manager and I get to pick anybody I want out of these two, I'm taking Jimenez. It's not, it's, I don't even know it's all that close to me, yep. Cam. And that's the th- and you're getting you're getting three to one instead of laying juice. Colonel Kurtz, he knows baseball, ladies and gentlemen. We'll go back. We'll talk a little about the NL Rookie of the Year odds. Go through the tote board. I'll go through a few more basketball games, the hockey board, and all the betting of today. This is weekend fantasy update. Cam Stewart, George Kurtz, back after the break.